I'm Taffer. I'm Bailey. I'm Caddy. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and continue doing so every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on, and the indigenous communities of that area. So, folks... As you may have gathered from this episode title or from our Patreon or from something else, um, this episode is a special one in that it is going to be our last one as far as we know at any rate. You might have noticed things have been pretty quiet over here this year. We haven't put out a lot of episodes. We've mentioned a few times that because of personal reasons, the burnout that I think every single person is experiencing at this point, uh, producing the show has become harder and harder. And it's with it becoming more difficult, the joy kind of gets sucked out of it a little bit. And uh, at this point, we've made the difficult decision to end the show after almost five years, which is wild to me that it has been almost five (laughs) years. (laughs) So what that means, our feed will stay up. All our old episodes will still be available. You can still listen to them if you have not caught up on the 175 episodes of Backlog. Um, You'll have plenty of time to do that. But we won't be actively running the show. We won't be producing new episodes, responding to emails, maintaining our social media. Thank you so much for your support over the last five years. It has been so amazing. The show has been a joy. The community that has sprouted up around it has been amazing. And I know Bailey and I, when we started this show, that was one of our like main goals was to connect with other people who also loved YA books. And uh, we really, really have. Um, It's been so exciting to follow the arc of this genre over these five years of revolution and change within it. I mean, we've this has been a constant theme through the show is the way this genre has been expanding both what YA books are and what stories people are interested in there, but also challenging the rest of the literary community. And um, it's been a really exciting time to witness. We still love YA books, at least I do. Um, I find that I still want to read them, and uh, I don't think that that love is going to go away. So today, Bailey, Caddy, and I, the three most consistent hosts on the show, of course, we've had our other hosts and interns who have come in and out, and so much love to all of them. But we are sort of the ones who have been here most of the time. And we're going to spend some time talking about the show, things we've loved, the times we've laughed, the people who can get it. And discovering that maybe the real YA was the friends we made along the way. My heart just (laughs) broke a little bit. (laughs) It's the end of an era. It is. It's been good. Do you two maybe want to talk about the inception of the podcast (sighs) and sort of what 
brought y'all to sit down in front of some mics? Yeah. I distinctly remember, like, sitting on the couch in, like, my old apartment when I was a nanny living in a Westmount basement Mm -hmm. um, with you. And we were just like, we could make a podcast. Tom has recording equipment. (laughs) (laughs) We like talking about things. Was this like, you might remember it was this like thing. after we went out to a gay club and tried very hard to like fit in with the young people? It might have been. It might have yeah. been. So it I, might have been that time that we like got like we got very dressed up to like yeah. go clubbing with. We're like to, we're gonna go clubbing and be cool and young, and we went. But we went at like. 10 30 or 11 because both of us have bedtimes and like nobody was there and then we were like but now we're tired and we just <laughs> left <laughs> and it might have been that night that might have been yeah. when we started talking about it it was around then so bailey and i met i think in 2016 that sounds right in your oldest was like a year and a half old I yeah think. So yeah, probably around 2016. So that I think right. that's when I started taking those art classes as well. Yeah. And became friends right away. It was really like, yeah. uh, it was one of those like literally like kind of neuro spicy, like, I think we should be friends. Do you want to be friends? I think you did literally say that <laughs> I to think me. So. I think it was like two weeks of that drawing class of both of us being like, this person's cool. I want to be their friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you were just like, we should be friends. And I was like, yes, we should be friends. And then we went to the art museum. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, so then when I started dating Tom, I started kind of feeling like I was supposed to have a podcast because like (laughs) Tom is, is, well, was at the time, is still, but was much more at that time, like totally immersed. It was like improv and podcasts. Those were the two things they did. And I was like, I got to do one of these things like we, we, or I will never see this person who I really enjoy spending time with. So I was already kind of thinking about podcasts. Tom was already kind of nudging me towards podcasts. So you never shared this ulterior motive with me. <laughs> I don't think I was aware of it at the time. It was just sort of like, it was sort of like, well, you live here, so you're going to podcast, right? Because, <laughs> you know, we had the studio um, and, and they were doing Up for Discussion, which was the predecessor to No Bad Food, which is the show Tom and I do together. But then, yeah, Bailey and I, I mean, one of the things that we bonded over was loving YA books. I remember, like, seeing that they had, like, Sarah Dessens on their bookshelf and being like, oh, my God, you have Sarah Dessen books. And I think we also, like, were both fans of the same Sarah Dessen books. True. (sighs) Uh, The Truth About Forever being, like... Um, or just listen, but the truth or just listen. Just is listen is also very important. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So we had like, we were having these conversations. We do love and, Owen. And I was like, I had graduated from lit and I was kind of missing doing literary analysis, but I didn't really want to do literary analysis on like Milton anymore. And so, yeah. So, I mean, when we started it, it really was just going to be very casually talking about books we liked. I think we weren't really thinking about new releases, Mm-hmm. Um, we were mostly thinking about just talking about the books we liked. But then The Hate You Give came out and Bailey was like, we have to read this book. Like, this is a really important book and we have to review it. Mm-hmm. And so we read it and we reviewed it and it was fantastic. And that was kind of when we started doing that. Well, maybe we should start focusing on these books that are 
by people who are less historically promoted in YA lit. It was also that, right, like very shortly after we started the podcast was the first Montreal Yeah Fest. Yes. Which we went to together. And it was, I feel like that was one of the things that really sort of like jump started also our awareness of like how much the genre was changing and how much like really cool new stuff was out there. Mm -hmm. And like we met a bunch of like really incredible authors like when they were doing their debuts. Like we met Nick Stone the year her first book came out. (laughs) Um, She complimented (laughs) my outfit and I died a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Truly, because she is like the most fashionable, and like the uh, I it was Gloria Chow. I think Gloria we Chow also met. was there. Yeah. Um. So um, uh, 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 Ahmed, um, the internment Samira author, Ahmed. Samira Ahmed, who we interviewed, Ben Philippe was there, who's less of a big yeah. name than the other two, but is just such a sweetheart, and uh, and is also As, like big in his own way. Uh, well, mm-hmm. he has a book coming out now. That's that's yeah. very big. T.K. Johnson also um, we met. I feel like that's like the biggest thing that I like took away from this show was like I had really loved YA, but like the YA that I grew up with that was like very white, very straight, very sort of like rom-coms and high European fantasy. Mm -hmm. And and that's what both of us grew up on and like grew up loving, but then sort of through this show right from the beginning we started seeing like the real explosion of other perspectives and other voices and other ways of storytelling Mm -hmm. um that were coming into and we just got to kind of like experience that as it was happening which was yeah yeah it was really 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 exciting and then we got caddy and caddy joined us when we put out a call for summer interns um, I was actually on the show before that. Caddy was on the show before that. You, yes, yeah, you were. Guest. You guessed it on an early episode. I did. Would you remember what was your first episode? Because I don't remember what your first episode was. I don't remember either, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, but I remember having a really fun time and kind of being like, I was immersed in sexology at that time, and everything was centered. Everything in my life was centered around that, and I had met Tom through improv, so it was just a really great meeting of the minds. I think I remember laughing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is truly my first memory was sitting in the studio and just giggling with you. And uh, when the call came out for uh, that you were looking for an intern, I was like, I'd like to hang out with these folks again. Yeah. I was like, let's, I, 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 I like books. Books. <laughs> um, <laughs> books what uh but then i also um i came from such a different background uh mm-hmm. growing up uh you know in a very french environment and being exposed to um l- more y- local young adult fiction uh from quebec i mean there's a very thriving book industry here um but it was it was interesting to really be confronted to all of these pieces of literature that were canon for you two and completely foreign to me. Um, and yeah, and and then and then uh, I destroyed some of your childhood favorites. And <laughs> Make, making Caddy read Anna Green Gables is definitely a highlight for me. <laughs> 
Also, just for posterity's and interest's sake, I was scrolling through our podcast feed to remind myself of good memories, mm-hmm. so I found it. Your first episode, Caddy, was October 2018, uh, when we read Odd One Out, which is oh, Nick yeah. second book. Oh, it makes so much sense that you yeah. were for that one. Yeah. Because it was just all about gay like, shit. sexuality and yeah. figuring stuff out. Wow, that was that long ago. That yeah. was our first year. That is my timeline for these things is all scrambled. I was like looking for something the other day and I was like, wait, we did that when? Yeah. <laughs> I think we had, well, at least I had at the beginning all these like really fun ideas of where we were going to go. And then covid hit so like tom and i had gone to podcon two years i was looking into like BookCon and like y'all west and stuff like that and then just everything got canceled and like at the beginning i was like well we're gonna keep pushing we're gonna keep going because like those are gonna come back um but it was it really was a an adjustment to being like okay now we're doing something else like this is no longer sort of for me like a big media project this is this is something else and I think I mean not to be super corny but I feel like this is what it was like this is what it's all about it's it's about us here and the people we've met through this and I know Caddy that when we put out the call for interns we had no idea what to expect and I did not think that you were gonna want to come hang out (laughs) with us and like because I just like thought you were so cool and um when your intern when your application came in I was just like oh Caddy wants to be on the show I felt the same way (laughs) it was like completely starstruck I was like I can't believe this like super cool hit person wants to hang out with us and talk about books come on I felt the exact same way I was like the two of you were so nice and smart and sharp and Bailey you were so dapper I remember uh, it was a bow tie era it was delectable yeah. that was big in my bow tie era that needs to come back it's like slowly coming back i wore a bow tie and suspenders for the first time like t- like a month ago to go to a drag show at a church uh because that is my life and <laughs> it, was, it was very fun we also i feel like we need to shout out the other people who have been part of this yeah. project along the way because like i said like we are sort of the core cast but there have been important players uh, of course, the first one who has already been mentioned is our editor, Tom, who started out as our producer and is also my partner. Um, they have done so much work uh, for us over the years. They do all of our editing. They do not get paid for it. Um, so, I mean, Tom has probably actually put more hours into this show than the rest of us. Um, so thank you so much, Uh if you guys want to hear what Tom is like on the other side of things, we have No Bad Food where we talk about food and stuff together. Um, and I think that in the coming months, I'm going to be able to be a little more active there, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but we've also had, so I feel like I'm going to start chronologically. Candace Pye has never been an official host or alternate host on Yeah, but I feel like she has been an unofficial alternate host wasn't she an intern the same summer no, that caddy was no intern? that was sanya who we'll have oh, to talk about next right i just imagined that yeah no candace has just been like on a bunch of episodes she's just always great, been around so. <laughs> and she's always been super supportive and she was on one of our 
pretty early episodes talking about Twilight. And yes. Candace is actually the the author of the Vampire Boners conversation that comes back around every year or so. Candace came on and we talked about vampire sexuality uh, and it was absolutely delightful. And then she came back around when we talked about Midnight Sun. Um, she's a veritable trove of vampire lore. Uh, and she also kind of looks like a hot vampire, so she's always really fun to, like, have around. Uh, I mean, not because she's hot, just because she's, like, on theme. Uh, but you also, But also because she's... Candace can get it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Qualities that you need in order for Tepper to like you. Look like a hot hey. vampire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't look like a hot vampire. I feel like you could like be a hot so. vampire. I think I think you could both be. Hot I am very pale. <laughs> I mean, anybody can be a vampire if you get bitten by the wrong person, right? True. Or the right person. True. Hey, now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, this has been my first week back at work, and uh, it has been fun, and it has been fine, but I am a little punchy, <laughs> which is how it should be, really. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's when we're at our best. Absolutely. And I mean, for me, it's, it's, the, it's almost the fourth week of Advent, so I am also... I'm a minister for those who do not know yes. and so it's pretty I'm pretty punchy too so yes then there was also Sanya who was our yes. intern the same great. Uh, summer as, as Caddy Sanya was fantastic uh, mm-hmm. really really solid addition to the show she wasn't able to stay on with us after we invited her to stay on with us after but she had a lot going on with school um, mm-hmm. I really appreciated her conversations around representation of Muslim teenagers the Love and Lies of Rixana Ali, which was with Sabina Khan, who we had met uh, at Yafest. And we also read Love from A to Z by SK Ali, which I remember Sanya just absolutely loving and like highly recommend going back to talk about that. Um, it came out the same day that the Quebec government pushed through Bill 21, which is a, an Islamophobic bill. I mean, it's also anti-Semitic, but it's al- mostly Islamophobic uh, yeah. that prevents public services, public servants from wearing visible religious symbols like the hijab in public service um, while they are at work, including public school teachers. Um, And so we had Love from A to Z is about a hijabi uh, Muslim teenager. And so we had just this great conversation about the nuances of that and, you know, living as a Muslim Canadian. And it was a really, really, really wonderful conversation uh, that I valued a lot. I think it was a great perspective to have around. And then Eunice joined us. Eunice joined us, which was brought about only because of the pandemic. True. Because Eunice lives in Boston or the Boston area. But she was my high school bestie, as you probably all know by now. And it was super fun. I always really liked the episodes where we would like talk about books that we had talked about as teenagers and come back to them as adults and be like, either like, yeah, this is great. Or like, also, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And, and it was super fun. Um, she wasn't able to be with us tonight, but she is also loved and missed here. Um, and oh, she's yeah. been a great addition. Yeah, Caddy, you, I feel like you like really liked recording with Eunice. We had yeah. fun. I think we, <laughs> we, like we pumped each other up in our conversations and always ended up kind of angry about something. Yeah. And it was so delightful. <laughs> It was really fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I find that you guys always had like the best dynamic. It's like a really fun dynamic to listen to. <laughs> um, and I think like remember um, like Bummer Fall. Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> Bummer. Oh. This is when we 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 were like we're gonna read classic <laughs> YA novels like through the yeah. ages, and then we looked them up, and they're all just like trauma porn, trauma yeah. porn, trauma porn. And I would like to just apologize for making the two of you read *Roll of Thunder*. Hear my cry. <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> Um, we've, you know, made my missteps over the years. That that was one of them. <laughs> that was that September was really discouraging, oh though. My God. It was yes. so rough. It was so bad. It was bad. It was yeah. It was one of those like this is a fun plan that I did not think about at all. <laughs> Yeah, we did not do enough research on this before we decided to read that. I mean, I think the thing for me is that I was like, I read all of these as a kid and I'm fine. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, I had not read, like, any of them. Yes, hence me taking responsibility entirely for that. No, I read The Giver. I read The Giver. Um, I had not read any of the others. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have, and oh boy, is your life enriched by it. Oh, so enriched. <laughs> um, but speaking of like books, so then w- books that I read as a kid and loved and then we revisited, I was so nervous when Caddy and I were going to read Gingerbread by Rachel Cohn because that was like... That book was like my book as a teenager. Like I read that series so many times and then it was so exciting when Caddy liked it. <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fuck this one up. Oh, it, <laughs> it was never that bad. I mean, okay. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, whole other uh, story. But I think that it was it was interesting. It gave me an inkling into a bit more of who is Teffer. And that okay. was quite fun. I feel like I had a moment like that with Bailey as well with Little Women. Is that possible? I don't think I was on the Little Women one. Was it Anna probably Green Anna Gables, Green Gables? Maybe? Yeah, it was, it was Anna, Anna Green Gables. Anna Green Gables is like, yeah, like I... I, I love Anne Shirley. <laughs> I, have, I have a plant named after Anne Shirley sitting. It's because it's an extremely dramatic plant, to be fair. <laughs> that's why she got named Anne Shirley. But I do, I do have a plant. Named I Anne feel Shirley. like Anne Shirley confronts me with shadow work. Say more about that, please. <laughs> Tell us. Expand. In Anne Shirley, I see... All of the aspects of myself that I am terrified that people hate. And Anne Shirley is not reassuring. (laughs) Because I find her absolutely grating. (laughs) I just lost so many friends. No, like, I understand why people don't like her. I, I think, just disagree. I think I think it really is about like being 
I was going to say Anglo-Canadian, but I also know a lot of New Englanders who are, like, obsessed. But there's definitely a certain kind of, like, nostalgia childhood culture that Anne Mm -hmm. of Green Gables is a really big part of. And Mm -hmm. it's just not something that I experienced. Uh, Like, I I watched the miniseries. I liked it. Um, But I, like, I never read the full series until we read it. Uh, which I listened to it on audiobook while I was painting Rhea's room <laughs> in, in April. It was uh, so now I'm always like whenever I look at the walls, I'm like, oh, Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> I think it's also a little bit about how much of a like incorrigible sunshine optimist you are, which like I absolutely am, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, everything is rainbows and flowers, or it should be. Uh, <laughs> And then Caddy the Storm Cloud came in <laughs> I mean, and poo-pooed all over your fave. But the thing is, like, you didn't, you didn't make me hate Anne of Green Gables. No, you no. just opened me to other perspectives, which I always appreciate. <laughs> also, yes, I am waving around a peppermint squishmallow. It tis the season. Sorry. Tis the season. <laughs> I will say I had not appreciated how fucking gay Anne of Green Gables is oh, it's so, until that so read through. And then I was like, okay, everybody's gay. And that it's just like a lot of the things, again, shadow work. Uh, many of the things about queer culture that also make me uncomfortable are very present in um, late 18th, 1800s sapphic Canada. Yeah. I guess. Okay. <laughs> Received. I think I think like part of the divide about Anne of Green Gables is like whether you are someone who copes with your poor mental health by endless fantasizing or someone who copes with your poor mental health by being like critical and like confronting the bad things in the world. But some mm. of us do both of those things. Well, that's, and that's why you kind of like Anne of Green Gables, but oh, not entirely. I just, I just endlessly <laughs> fantasize about all the things that could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call that fantasizing. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> I would call that ruminating. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> My my therapist is going to be like, we talked a lot about Anne of Green Gables this week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I really enjoyed, we had some conversations uh, around Twilight, one with Candace Pye, uh, one where we talked about the movies as well. Mm-hmm. Those stick out as some big highlights for me. I think we laughed so much recording about twilight and about midnight sun Mm -hmm. and it was like i just remember like closing the recording and just like being like spent from giggling (laughs) and from like making everyone gay and only loving charlie and Mm -hmm. like it was just so delightful and I, I'm gonna cherish. I'm gonna cherish those moments. <laughs> and you know what? We're gonna have to just like have Twilight movie nights sometimes. Yeah, um, absolutely. One thing that I realized this week. So, and this is kind of a fun synchronicity. So, when we watched the Twilight movies for the show, Tom had to watch them for the first time. And I've got to say that watching Twilight with somebody who knows nothing about it, um, that grand finale 
was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was extremely fun. Didn't Tom live tweet the Twilight movies? Yes, that is something you could that find. Okay. That is something yeah. you could find. Uh, it's really beautiful. Um, <laughs> it was very good, if I remember. Correctly. But now Tom and I are watching Gilmore Girls, and it's Tom's first time watching Gilmore Girls. And they pointed out something I'd never caught, which is that Alex, the coffee shop guy who Lorelai dates for like two episodes and then they dropped him, is Charlie Swan. <gasps> Shut up. Yup. <laughs> does, okay, have have little, does he have a daddy stash? Like, is he? Is no, he, he doesn't. Like he has Charlie? like he has like the kind of shaggy like '90s hair because he's a lot younger. Uh, he's hot. I always was like, why did they drop the hot coffee shop guy? I don't know. Maybe he got another gig or something because they really seemed to be building him up and then it was just like oh yeah I don't know we didn't really work out (laughs) Um, uh, but Tom noticed that because if you've ever watched anything with Tom Tom is always like who's that actor I'm gonna like I I imagine Tom's like social brain is like the meme of the guy with the board with the strings on it Tom is always like how are you connected to like somehow this all makes sense like this is everybody in our neighborhood everybody on any tv show ever like this is just how Tom's brain works so we're watching it and Tom is constantly going like is that that person and then they like get sucked into a wikipedia hole and like 20 minutes later they're like it is I knew it they had a bit part on this before they got big um oh my God. and it's extremely fun they also one of the uh, youths in Dean's bachelor party when they like come into Luke's diner um, is Schmidt from New Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Things I have learned. But anyway, I thought that was fun to discover that Charlie once lived in Stars Hollow. He has lived in two of the most famous small towns in cinema. It's true. Fair. Go Charlie. (laughs) I I didn't really... Sorry. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, I don't think I was on Caddy's Twilight episode unless I was. But anyway, <laughs> either, either being part of the recording or listening to it, I just remember being like amazed and impressed by the depth of your <laughs> like delight in Charlie Swan. <laughs> you had mentioned that Twilight, like you had talked for about how Twilight is like your comfort media. And I was like, I, I was not expecting the core of that to be just like Charlie Swan. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I just have to live up to that and own it. Um, right. I, I feel the same way about, uh, I, th- I think it was Teffer's um, obsession with Paula Hollywood. Um, <laughs> a certain holiday episode. You had to bring that back. Oh, <laughs> I forgot yeah. about Paul's crush on Paula Hollywood. Listen, I like me a man who handles dough. <laughs> he does sound like such a dirtbag, so it's so funny. Like historically, oh, yes. is it really surprise? I I just <laughs> fair, fair, <laughs> valid. You make points. <laughs> <laughs> I said historically, I should be clear. There's just something about somebody who's like a little bit, who just seems like they might treat you kind of bad. Mm, Or is that a trauma response? (laughs) I like Like sweat popping out on my forehead here. It feels fitting to our history that this is just turning into psychoanalyzed effort. That's okay. That's what this year has been all about. Um, It's probably a trauma response. It's 
it's prop but like he's also short and i like a short king um although he's not a short king he's a resentful little short man but like there's a difference damn but now i think it's important <laughs> for me to ask since you have those feelings about paul H- hollywood how do you feel about guy fieri guy fieri is daddy but like i don't <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't have the same i'd fuck him with guy fieri i feel like guy fieri is like family like objectively i think guy fieri is an attractive man but like i actually want him to be my dad as opposed to wanting him to pretend to you know um i um i i really like we watch a lot of guy fieri and i really genuinely think he is like the loveliest kindest hearted man and he like adores his family and he like has his sons involved in everything and he has like a tattoo to honor his sister who died and he took in her son anyway i feel i love guy fieri but like i i just want him to adopt me and be my father now christian patroni (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) oh he can get it oh. he got it he got it any day anytime so i mean i think that brings us to an important segment of the show greatest who can get it's of all time Caddy, uh greatest hits oh my goodness i mean top of the list charlie yeah. um then uh for me probably edward cullen then every other queer character we've ever <laughs> <had>. <laughs> It's like the cop, the aggressively straight dude, and then all the queers. No, I get it. I, mean, I get it. I am aggressively bisexual. It is not my fault. I no. I can feel that. I get that. I vibe with that. There has been a list of people who can get it. Um, and I'm suddenly realizing we should have kept this as an actual list. We should have. But at the same time, I think the get it list is... You know, it's part of the ephemera of uh, enjoying books mm. and um, enjoying terrible uh, y- adaptations of, yes. of books, especially YA books. Um, shout out to the movie Let It Snow. I saw it pop up on my feed recently, mm-hmm. and I think I may have to rewatch it just for the scene where they go sledding, and it's basically <laughs> a metaphor for sex. Yes! It was- oh. So good. So my analysis of that scene was so good. <laughs> It was so funny. It was so funny. It was very and extremely yeah. accurate. Also accurate, <laughs> but also just like extremely funny. I think that's Thank always God. been my favorite part of the show is when, especially Caddy, but I think we've all done this at one point or another, does extremely smart analysis that is also so fucking hilarious i'm just like every time that happens i'm like this is why this is why i did this so that these moments could happen yes i think i remember bailey having a whole metaphor about pie it was um elizabeth acevedo's book uh with the fire (gasps) on the pie i think i wanted to talk Uh, about that uh, one yeah, and it was we were talking about food, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you t- you spoke about pie in a way that like, and I was like, nah, warm fruit, not interesting, and <laughs> and it was such a good chat, and I think you like 
it, there was a bit of a call out about like my 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 like rigidity about not <laughs> loving pie, and it was it was such. I was like, I came out of that being like, okay, Bailey's gonna kick my butt. Like, I gotta be careful. I can't throw around food accusations. <laughs> Sometimes I have opinions, and I also did spend my youth uh, doing mock parliament, so I I, I make a good argument. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought you were going to say, like, so pie is very important to me for a minute there, and I was waiting no. for the connection. No. I mean, I was a math geek growing up, so pie is very important to me, but... Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Did I say I was going to miss you? <laughs> Pepper, we live, like five blocks away from each other. That's true. That's we are historically true. not great at remembering to hang out when podcasts are involved, but we're going to continue. But I mean, you know, the proximity, I feel it, even it if helps. we don't ever see yeah. each other. I'm going to deck out soon because I'm not feeling great. But I wanted to bring up one of the things that I think has been so fun about this show is connecting with listeners from like all kinds of places and like connecting with and hearing from people who like also love YA and love like getting to engage with other people um, who are like really thinking about all of the things that it can bring us and like talking to teachers and librarians and just other like enthusiasts and like the first time that like we realized that there were people who were listening to our show who like we were not friends with was like a very fun moment. Yes. <laughs> um, and like really cool that uh, that this like is a conversation that people have wanted to have, I think. And it's it's just been really fun. Um, and I think it was Taffer who originally came up with our tagline of like a show about about young adult lit for people of all ages or like what we can learn from it at any age. That's what it is. I should know this. Um, but I think it's really like I think we really lived into that, and it's it's been really fun uh, talking about that. And now whenever I read a YA book, I am composing my talking points in my head, <laughs> even even when you know. Yeah, it's been yeah. so fun to connect with people. And one part of that that's actually been super fun for me in the last year is that my daughter's gotten old enough for some of this. So like doing an episode with her about the Graceland graphic novel. I wish we'd made it twice as long. It was so much fun. And that's something that I treasure like so much. And even just the other day at dinner, she was like, Tom, if you're ever going to do an episode about a food I like, like, could I come be a guest on No Bad Food? Oh. So like, we're going to do that at some point. And like, now Amazing. that she's super into books, she's like, her birthday's coming up. And I was like, I asked her what she wanted. And she was like, mm, can you get me a bitter blue graphic novel? And I had to be like, well, there's not one. But like, as soon as there is one, I will get you one. Because um, bitter blue is like her favorite book, which like, it's so fun, because it's also one of my favorite books. Mm -hmm. So like, I didn't expect that to happen so soon. Mm. And it's been just like, it's been just a joy. And, you know, having our, our patrons on that's happened a few times, having patrons yeah. come on episodes. I One thing I feel really bad about, and I, I have to put this out there, this is something that I think, like, made me put off the end of this show for a while, is that Maddie Dever, who's been our patron forever, <clears throat> 
and I were supposed to do an episode on the chrysalids, which is a like book from the 50s that's sort of uh, dystopian, one of the like earliest examples of like dystopian lit about teens. And we read it and we were supposed to record and then there was traffic or something because because we were going to do it in person and then we weren't able to. And then we're like, that's okay, we'll do it remotely sometime. And then we just didn't. And I feel really bad about that because we were supposed to. So I'm just going to put a shout out there that if you're interested in like early, early dystopian teen books, um, The Chrysalids is really interesting. But yeah, there's just been like, like, like Bailey said, like, finding out that people just found our show from like Google searches or like you might be interested in kind of things Mm -hmm. is like, still such a thrill for me yeah same yeah and just like found it because they wanted to like hear about and talk about young adult lit Mm -hmm. and it's just it's cool it's fun it's cool Mm -hmm. it's fun it's been a good time it's really hard to wrap this one up i feel like there's so much more to say but you know you've got 175 episodes of us saying it so (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of books it's a lot of books so many books (laughs) Um, I'm always really proud of the interviews. I really suggest people go back and listen to those. Uh, I hope that this show has helped you find new authors and think a little bit more about what's going on. And I especially hope that literature as a whole uh, takes cues from young adult literature and starts prioritizing some of these voices that have been gaining a platform in young adult lit. I hope that nobody ever uh, dismisses young adult literature because it's for teenagers again absolutely (laughs) that's a huge takeaway i can't the number of friends of mine who have said like oh i actually started reading some young adult lit that made me feel really good yeah that's really cool so shall we one last time thanks so much for listening to yeah Uh, You've been with us. A lot of you have been with us from the beginning. We're pretty close to it. Um, And it has been so much fun. We all still have our personal Instagram handles or Twitter handles. They're the same. I'm on Instagram and Twitter for now. I might be off Twitter soon at Tepperbear. I have made peace with the fact that I will probably be on Twitter until Twitter dies. (laughs) And I am at the Balesasaurus. Um, I'm no longer on Twitter, but on Instagram at caddy underscore D. And Eunice's bookstagram is still active at The Unicorn Reads a Book. Our Patreon is also shutting down, but thank you again so much to our patrons, past and present. Um, shout out to Catherine Rashi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Maddie Dever, Chantal Thomas, Erica Stitchberry, Megan Jane, and Emmett Cameron. You have been uh, irreplaceable. (laughs) Special thanks to Great Bear for letting Mm -hmm. us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. If you want to get some commemorative merch uh, before we shatter things, now is the time to do it. Um, The link will still be active. You can go get yourself a t-shirt and then you can tell people you were a listener way back when. When we're, like, famous in, like, a decade, right? This yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah topmost exactly. experts on uh, vampire sexuality and um, residents of small towns who can get yeah. it. 
This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of Podcavern. You can find out about all the great shows in the Podcavern at podcavern.com. And shout out to our co-hosts, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out to you, shout out to the audience, shout out to you two who are so delightful. And And you you two who are so delightful. Yes, it has been a delight getting to chat with you guys about books and laugh and like learn and grow from each other. And uh, yeah, it's been good. And thanks everyone for for making that possible. I have that little Muppet song in my head that's saying goodbye, going away. Seems like goodbye is such a hard thing to say. I could sing this whole thing. I sang it in, in my singing class when I was like eight. You were also singing that so quietly that I don't oh, think anyone I... could hear it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of sounded like Fievel, to be honest. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Uh, so keep up with us. Um, I'm over at No Bad Food. I'm sure these two will have their projects to follow in the future. Uh, we love you. And good night. Good night. Bye-bye. I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tefer Ajamian. And we're the hosts of the No Bad Food podcast. No Bad Food is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Find us in the Podcavern or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Report. Set collection. Discrepancy straight-lined, Moth said. Meet Moth. Moth travels everywhere and every when in search of often deadly discrepancies and tries to make sense of the briefs she gets from collection. There were holes in the brief, you know. I don't like that. The Moth Collection Podcast. It's science fiction with a little bit of horror. It's weird and funny and romantic. And there won't be another season. 14 episodes and that's it, people. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Podcavern.